13 Days of Halloween. A remote hotel, the most unusual guests, a tour guide that can't be trusted. And the newest arrival is you. Why are you here again? They sound like someone you trust. I know you Starring Keegan-Michael Key as the caretaker. Please make yourself at home. After all, this is it. One story each night, starting October 19th and ending on Halloween. From iHeartRadio and Blumhouse Television, listen to Aaron Mankey's 13 Days of Halloween on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After you listen to today's podcast, here's one to add to your playlist. I'm Christian O'Connell, and I've had this thought for a while. What if you took the world's funniest and most interesting people... Hello, I'm Ricky Gervais. I'm Celeste Barber. Some people call me Beyonce. I'm Russell Brand. ...and asked them to share the stories behind their three most treasured items. No doubt about it, the guitar. I think I know the same chords now as I did when I was 14. From iHeartRadio, this is The Stuff of Legends. Add it to your playlist for free. Just search for Stuff of Legends in your podcast app. For the week of Thursday, June 18th, A week after George Floyd is laid to rest, America continues to grapple not only with the fallout from almost three weeks of protests, but also the country continues to struggle to come to terms with the impacts of hundreds of years of racial injustices. Has this moment in American history given the country an opportunity for long-needed change, and are we taking advantage of it in an effective way? I'm Clay Aiken. And for the second week in a row, Politicon will attempt to turn down the volume on this ongoing debate with a conversation that delves into the complexities present on just one side of the debate. This week, with the conservatives. Can the movement towards justice and equality be successful if there's not agreement about what justice and equality looks like? And can the voices on the progressive left lay claim to speaking on behalf of all Americans of color? Wayne Dupree is a talk show host, activist, U.S. Air Force veteran, and a member of President Trump's National Diversity Coalition. Joy Villa is a Fox News contributor and former member of President Trump's campaign advisory board. This week, the sequel to last week's discussion on race relations in America, this time from the perspective of conservatives, who all wonder, how the heck are we going to get along? Wayne, you had a very big week. Uh... Last week, is that right? You you had oh, a no, pretty big eventful no. uh, moment for yourself. Tell did Joy, do you know about this? Wayne Teller? Wait, wait, what happened? Wow. Um, well, I mean, I sat beside the man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The president. <laughs> Duh, of course. Of course. Well, there was a little bit more than sitting beside him. You went and you you had a you were part of a a, a meeting, right? Tell oh, us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, we um we went to go talk to him and tell him some things maybe he hadn't been hearing about or seeing um, mm. with black voters online or um, mm-hmm. in the community you know, some things that might not be uh, uh, traveling uh, past the gatekeepers to mm-hmm. him. So we, yeah. you know, we got a chance to sit down and talk to him for about an hour. Um, wow. Hopefully we'll be going back soon next month. So, yeah. And uh, this was a part of the diversity coalition. Yeah. N- no, no, actually. Um, no. So who was this group of people who got together? 
actually, actually, it was. Uh, I know it's Pastor Scott. I know it's uh, Doctor Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was just a, um, a a very small group. Actually, it was just a group of three. Wow, three. And but, I mean, wow. I, we won't test you. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to tell about specifics, but I would. I'm I'm certainly curious. Obviously, that's what kind of what we're talking about. I mean, what were some of the things that you guys felt maybe he was had not heard prior to you getting there that he needed to mm-hmm. that you wanted to make sure you but, told him about? Well, I mean, my I guess I guess my issue. My number one issue was that um, I've seen or I visit so many online boards uh, during the day, and mm-hmm. and a lot of them are um, urban boards um, because they post things about President Trump. They post things about um, some of the black conservative leader, uh, well, uh, so-called leaders. They uh, they post those things, and you get to read what people think. And mm-hmm. uh, President Trump, I mean, there's a lot of people out there on these urban boards that support President Trump. However, mm-hmm. uh, like in the situation in Baltimore last year, uh, when, uh, when a lot of Baltimoreans like, look, we're right down the street from the White House, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about a logic. Well, not in the meeting, but, you know, I'm saying these a lot of black supporters support President Trump. They want to hear from him. And that was my message. They want to see him. Or mm-hmm. uh, like, now I did bring this up. He was the first Republican president that I know that walked in the black community. I mean, him and Ben Carson walked in Detroit in 2016. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I mean, if there was more of that, I mean, if he would have did that in Baltimore, when he was talking yeah. about Roger Cummings last year, uh, because again, the people in Baltimore are like, we support Trump. Now, imagine if he walked, Joy, imagine if he oh walked. Oh my God, it would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. They would love it. If, he would, yes. if he's out there, uh, you know, amongst the people, yep. talking yep. to them, because that's that's what they need to do. They need to see yep. him. Do you think that's been it? Do you think that's been the biggest disconnect, Joy? I mean, do you do you really believe Mm -hmm. that if he walked in uh, in downtown Minneapolis or in an area right now that's kind of the epicenter of some of this strife and angst, do you think that he'd be welcomed with open arms, Joy? I think he would be because it's a little bit different for people like people complain a lot um, online, right, because Mm -hmm. they want Mm -hmm. attention. They want to be heard and seen. I know that I get the trolls. I know you get the trolls, Clay. Mm -hmm. I know Wayne gets the trolls. And not all of them are total trolls. A lot of them are just people who are hungry to be heard because they have been looked over for so long, ignored. And a lot of black Americans feel disgruntled with a lot of politicians, just politicians, period. Period, So they see President Trump Mm -hmm. and like they may, they may, people may bash him online and be quiet or they might not say anything, but if he were to show up, they would yeah. come out in droves because that oh, yeah. is the black community. It is yep. common to be aggressive. You know, you mm. have a preacher come up and you say, okay, well, I don't know if you're going to say the right sermon I want to hear, but I'll listen to you. They yeah. may judge yep. you in the beginning, but they will sit down and they will listen. And that's being yeah. an artist, being a musician. I've gone into many places where sometimes a, a black community will be like, well, let's see if she can sing. Let's sing if she's going to be real. You have to prove yourself to the black community because we've been oh, yeah. looked over so long. And the president's never been afraid to do that. But there's never more important time to do it than now. 
Is that the advice you'd give him if you were there? If you had been in that meeting with Wayne and, and the president, what Ooh, would yeah. you have suggested? <laughs> I would suggest that he do what he was starting to do. He tweeted out what he has done, the billion dollars for the Urban Revitalization Act. Go to the churches, go to the black neighborhoods, go, go to the community centers. Tell them what you've done, that you donated, you allocated right. more funds right. towards historical black colleges, universities than Obama did, that even mm -hmm. they, that the historical black colleges and universities had to admit that and that you are there, the, that what the First Step Act truly does for black people. Like they mm -hmm. don't know. There's so much disconnect between what the media tells the black yep. community of what Trump does and what Trump is actually doing. And so that needs to change. Story. Yeah, that's so, all. So we so we are doing this episode um, this week a little differently than the last time both of you joined us. Uh, mm -hmm. Clearly, uh, Joy, you were up against several progressives <laughs> on the episode you were on. Wayne, you went <laughs> one on three with the panel wow. when, you, um, <laughs> when wow. you joined us last. So, um, so we we wanted to kind of separate things out and turn the volume down a little bit because I think we all agree that uh, while while George Floyd's death happened a few weeks ago. Um, we're still in the middle of this moment where I think people are oh, really yeah. paying attention to this this mm -hmm. really important issue of the way minorities are treated, not just by police, but by American society. Um, so last yeah. week we did an episode that was specifically with progressives, people who are on the left of the um, left side of the aisle or lean towards mm -hmm. the left side of the aisle to talk about this. And we wanted to do this week specifically just conservatives. Cause I, I just don't feel like this is the moment where people should be screaming and, and fighting. Right. And I worry that the fights sometimes drown out the message that people um, want to want to impart or need to have heard during this mm. a time like this. Yeah, so we just that. have conservatives on this week. Um, the wow. two of you, I, I think we should just. That's why I'm so quiet, right? Yeah, I know, <laughs> well, I, know, I mean, that. listen. We know that yeah. I'm. We know that I don't agree with conservative policy a lot. I'm not going to. I'll, I'll let my producers take a drink because I'll own my bias right now <laughs> I'll I laugh when I say that phrase. But we know that. But I'm, I'm friends with both of you, um, and we've had conversations mm -hmm. before. And I'm hope I like disagreeing with people if it's done um, in a in a respectful way. So that's what this mm -hmm. week is about. And also just because this is an audio uh, program and not a video program, I will make it very make sure it's very clear to those who are listening. Wayne, you're a black man. Joy, you are a um, a black Latina. Latina. You are both that's right. black and Latina. So that's both right. of you are are persons of color. And one of the questions that I asked in our intro um, to the episode was. If voices on the progressive left really have the uh, the are able to lay claim to speaking on behalf of all Americans of color, um, and and I ask that question, I have a feeling I know your answers, but I'll let you answer them yourself because I think that there are certainly we cannot discount the fact that there are a percentage of black and especially Latino voters, but black voters specifically who vote for pres who voted for President Trump. And mm -hmm. perhaps there is a different view from conservatives about some of the issues that have gone on, some of the things that have been discussed over the past two or three weeks. And I want to I rewind, if I can, with both of you and ask you to give me, you know, just your raw feelings, if possible, on how you felt in the, the days after George Floyd's death when we started seeing video of how yeah. he died and and maybe recount to me to our listeners how you felt about that instance and if it 
had any parallels to experiences that you've might have had in your lifetime? I don't care who wants to go first, but um, I'd just love to get your reaction in general to what happened to George Floyd and and all the stuff that that has come to the fore since then. Joy? Okay, I'll take it. Thank you. You know, I was, like most people, tragically, uh, I was shocked at the tragic of what happened to George Floyd. I was scrolling online, which I try not to do so much these days for my own mental health. And I saw what was happening. That video shocked me to my core. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that that police officer acted brutally. And it was something that should have never happened, you know, transpired because a police officer should not use excessive force. And that video showed the man was restrained. He was on the ground and that police officer seemed to take delight in restraining him. And there were two other cops on his body and there was two other cops there. And it's, it's a, it's a hurtful thing. Now the reaction to what happened, everyone was outraged. What preceded that unfair happening? Uh, well, first of all, the police officers were fired immediately and, uh, Derek Chauvin is, is, I think he's, he's up for a murder charge, third degree murder charge, um, as it should be. But what it transpired in the media is they started pushing the button of race relations. And I think when it comes to racism, as a modern conservative, I can say that liberals think everything is racist and many conservatives think nothing is racist. And I have to say that with all fairness, you know, it's two extremes. And being a woman of color in the industry and living in Los Angeles and having traveled around 35 countries and having traveled around almost 50 states, racism does exist. We can't Mm -hmm. deny that fact. Prejudice exists. It's mostly a lot of prejudice. I would say hardcore outright racists. There are fewer of them. They exist. But it's a lot of ingrained prejudice. There's uh, prejudice, there's colorism, even within colored communities, the Latino community, there's a lot of colorism. If you're too dark, you're not Latino enough. If you're too this, you're not, you know, in the black community, it's like, I've been told many times I'm not black enough, but then, you know, I'm, I'm too white for this. I'm too black for that. I'm too Latin for that. It's, there's tons of those. Um, but the percentage of actual hardcore race uh, propelled crimes is much lower then the media will push and make it out to be. So I can say, yes, racism exists and it is unfair and we should fight against it. But I can also on the flip side say that it is not the number one problem in this country for black Americans. It's not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though the media will tell you that. And they're unfairly upsetting black Americans and my community saying that this is what's happening to you. You're, you're getting be, being killed every single day. And that's the only problem. And you need to fight this. And, and now the looting and the violence and the anger propelled by being stuck at home without jobs, not being able to express our grievances or be able to go to the gym or go to the beach. It's, 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 it was a, a melting pot of, of anger waiting to happen. Could almost say ask you in what- the lab. Can I ask you what you think the the, the number one problem um, for minorities in the country is then if it's not racism? It's lack of what education. What do you think the biggest issue? Lack of education. Lack of education. Absolutely. And, you, I, and, I, and I mean that in all terms, as in we don't educate our own people. 
on that you have many choices. Uh, the fact that we don't have school of choice, that President Trump has been pushing school of choice, because if you grew up in a ghetto neighborhood that many, a lot of black Americans and, and uh, brown Americans have been in, and uh, black Americans don't get to go to the nice schools. They don't get the same opportunities afforded to them. Well, school of choice says you get to choose what school. And they push back on Betsy DeVos for that. They push back on Trump for that when that is the least racist policy you could have. That a poor black kid can go to a wealthy school that mostly white kids are going to, that you don't have to be in that same tax bracket. Well, how would you respond to those folks who might, last week's episode, who might have said, but, but part of the reason that there is a lack of education is because of a systemic racism that has taken place over decades. Do you think that that plays a role in some of the economic disparities amongst between the races, I'm sorry, and and mm. the educational disparities, me, disparities? If it's not the most, the number one uh, biggest problem in your view, is it reasonable to argue that it is pervasive enough that it has me, affected all of these other categories? Let me jump in there on that one yep. because mm-hmm. I was Go talking about it. the systemic racism issue the other night. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these major cities are run, are run by Democrats. Uh, city councils run by Democrats. Major, mm-hmm. major um, leadership positions are run by Democrats, and it's been run for for decades by Democrats. Even though you have smaller voices that are Republican, but uh, it, it, thinking about it a little a lot more deeper in these major cities, if they're screaming syst- systemic racism. Well, they've been in power to change those things. And mm-hmm. they've been mm-hmm. getting money from the government to fix things because they've been clamoring and crying and complaining about wanting to fix these things. They've been getting money uh, year after year after year for the government, and the money's been going up. It hasn't been going down. You can look right. at our national debt because of that. But when when you look at I, when you keep hearing systemic racism, systemic racism in in our largest cities, the largest cities. I mean, well, well, why? I mean, the the leaders that are in place have had chances to fix these things, and they won't. Well, so do Wayne, it. it doesn't sound like you're disagreeing that systemic racism is, exists. It sounds like you're saying that it is perhaps not being fixed by one party or the other, but it, th- do you think that it does exist and is just not being fixed or you think it doesn't exist? Well, I mean, well, I'm, I'm saying if it does, then why hasn't it been fixed? Because the people that have been in charge, <laughs> well, wait, you got to answer think, the question listen, though. Do you I think, think it exists or not? Yeah. I mean, I think I can understand what Wayne is saying too. Is he saying, yeah, it, it, it existed. I, I, I can only speak for myself. But I, I agree that, yes, there has been, when you're talking about systemic racism, I'll tell you when it, when it existed during slavery, that's the systemic racism where they, people own your bodies. Absolutely. And then Jim Crow laws, that's systemic racism. Now we're talking years and years and years ago. We now, as Wayne has said, in many democratic cities, we have Stacey Abrams, we have black Democrat leaders that have done nothing for the black community. We've had at least, what, 60 years of where it's not systemic racism anymore. We don't have an automatic that if you are white, you get the job. Some places possibly, but white privilege has been disproven. Like a white homeless person, if they had white privilege, why would they be homeless? 
There we are black many president. factors out there. We had a black president. <laughs> what happened to that? If we can elect a black man, if we are such a w- racist country, that's right. We had a black president. I voted for him. <laughs> many people voted for him. I thought he was the great black hope. But what happened under him? Nothing to further educate and further help black Americans. And I believe that education is the key. And I don't just mean going to colleges and schools, but I mean educating your children. Not that people are going to hate you because you have dark skin. No, that you are equal, that you are incredible. You are amazing. And you may have been born in this type of body. There is prejudice out there. But me being a black Latino woman with nappy hair and brown skin has never held me back from getting my dreams and my goals. Right, right. There right, are going to be right. assholes I mean, out there and evil has no color, but I don't right. look at it like if someone doesn't like me, I don't automatically think it's because I'm black. And that's what there, we are teaching our children now. And we have it for the last 60, 70 years. And that's wrong. That's not the teaching we should be giving kids. I mean, I, um, Clay, to, to answer your question, there is systemic racism out there. It's just, I just don't think that it's, um, I don't think that the foot is heavy across the nation mm. on it um, because there are many people that have um, turned their life, well, not even turned their lives around, but they have fixed their lives so that they are taking care of their families and they're going mm. forward. And I'm talking about in the black community. Um, but I don't, I don't, or I try not to call out the Democrats without calling out the Republicans because mm-hmm. if you see my timeline for a while and yeah, I have lost some followers. We can complain about Democrat. I mean, you know, I just mentioned Democrat led run cities, but I've also said that you can, you see our side complain about Democrat led run cities all the time on social media, but it's almost like, okay, well, if it is led by Democrats, why don't you go in there and try to fix it? Why complain about it and not try and go in there and, and offer new solutions instead of complaining. Well, ain't nobody going to listen to me. Well, I was, well listen, I want to find, I mean, I think one of the reasons we wanted to separate, we wanted to separate the two groups, conservatives and progressives, is because I, I don't want, I, I think any good person wants to find some solution um, mm-hmm. to some of these issues Not that everybody. we're facing here. And, and I didn't, I don't want to have just argument, but I will, I will, pr- I want to kind of guard y'all from raw, falling down a rabbit hole, which I totally expected people to do last week and was wrong. I, w- mm-hmm. our producer spoke before the episode last week and said, you know, if people on this particular discussion with progressives about race, want to talk too much about what Donald Trump or the president has done to exacerbate the problem or to make it worse or to, to mm. whatever, whatever they wanted to say, that we would stop the conversation at some point in the episode and say, okay, we've done that. Now let's have the rest of the discussion without talking about Donald Trump, because right. regardless, mm-hmm. no one would, if, if someone believes there's racism, uh, you can't, imp- it would be a lie intellectually dishonest to say that that problem started when president trump became president and it would be intellectually dishonest to say that it will end when he's not president so i wanted to start the the episode last week and say you know if people start talking about trump we'll let him talk for a second and then i want to cut it off and talk about progress you know what blew my mind guys Hmm, nobody mentioned donald trump at all Wow. On the entire episode. And at the very end, I told him that. I said, well, I was expecting to ma- ask you to stop. And 
no one did. <laughs> I, never, yeah, I, never had to, I never had to change the topic, you folks. And, and we, we were we're talking about some very progressive, some very progressive, some very anti-Trump folks on the episode right. last week, and nobody brought it up. So I want to I want to give you amazing. that heads up to challenge you maybe mm-hmm. to try to not talk about it in a political way if we can, because yeah. I do. I'm I'm fascinated by something you said, Joy, and and. You know, I admit I'm a progressive and I also but I also admit that I agree that sometimes progressives jump to racism more quickly than I might. And I also believe that conservatives jump to this is not racism. There is no racism Mm -hmm. far quick, more quickly than I think is appropriate. Um, Mm. But but when it comes to white privilege, I, I, I can't help but think about I, I was driving. I was driving to the beach here in North Carolina a few uh, months ago, and mm-hmm. there's a very desolate area here. And I was speeding. I'll admit it. Um, I was going over the speed limit, but it was a long stretch of about 15 miles of nothingness. No cell phone, mm-hmm. two lane road. It was just long. I had my child in the car with me, and mm-hmm. I was speeding to get through it. And lo and behold, 10:30, 11 at night, speeding through this long section of nothingness, and a cop found me, started flashing his his blue lights, and I slowed down, but there's no cell phone coverage. I couldn't call Star HP and let him know that I see the cop and I'll stop when I get to a, a lit area. Right. I, there was no place to pull off, so I lowered my speed and probably drove for about 15 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> at about oh. 10 at about put my hazards on stuck my hand out the window I'm, when i say nothingness i'm telling you there was nothing and oh, i finally, yeah, got, yeah. Off, I finally yeah. got off to an area where there was civilization and as soon as there was a lit gas station the first thing i pulled over the cop at this point was furious he had been blaring his siren he had been trying to run me off the road mm-hmm. but i have my kid in my car and when he right. walked up to the car i cussed his ass out And I had both of my hands on the wheel and he said, what's wrong? I said, I'm not going to pull over with my child in my car in the middle of nowhere with no cell signal. I don't know who you are. I came over and I I I got pissed at him. I got pissed at him. And he walked back to his car with my driver's license and he came back up (laughs) and no ticket. And I got to tell you, Wayne, I got to tell you, Wayne, you know exactly what I'm going to say here. I cussed his ass out, a police officer, a North Carolina state trooper. No, and nothing happened. And I cannot help but think if I had been a a black man of my age, I would have been taken out and on the ground and in handcuffs. Rodney King. Can can I tell stories? Do you think I'm wrong about that? I'll tell you a story that's similar because um, I love these stories because I think that most people, we talk about race, need to share more personal stories because so many people love to vote. You know, uh, conservatives love to say, oh, well, it's black on black crime. And these are the statistics. And then, yeah, you, Chicago. Know, you know, Chicago and this like, OK, these are the t- same tired statistics. But we know these things are changing. And what about your experience? That's why I love that you asked us. Let's talk about experience over politics. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's how you learn a lot more. I'll tell you, I was in the car in upper state New York and where I was living, and I was with my white, as white as can be, ex-husband. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. Denmark. I'm pretty white now. <laughs> yeah, you white. Yeah, you really white. <laughs> but he was, he's Danish, so he's like Viking uh-huh. white. Like, there ain't never been no yeah. African in his bloodline ever, Ragnarok. you know. Yeah, exactly. Ragnarok, you know. is like <laughs> So he's a, he's a straight-up Viking. He's got the freckles, the blonde hair. And we're in the car. And he's driving. We're renting a car. 
And the cop pulls us over and I could tell the cop has an attitude. He's a white cop, you know, mm-hmm. and he pulls us over and he goes, you know, you were, you were speeding. And this is like a stretch of nothing in, in, in uh, upstate New York. It's not the city. There's nothing there. And, and she goes, you were speeding. And he's got an attitude. This was like, you know, eight years or six, seven years ago. And he says, let me, let me see your license. And, you know, my poor ex-husband with his thick Danish accent is like, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it goes. How are you? And, you know, you barely, you know, barely understand him. And the cop starts going, this is not an American license. What the hell are you doing driving on this? Because he has a Danish license. He goes, well, here's my passport. I'm just visiting. And he goes, this is wrong. He's like, you know, you could have endangered something. He starts going in on my ex and go, I mean, giving him so much attitude that I, and he's looking at me and I look at, he's not even really looking at me. He's more like he's accusing him going, I said, excuse me, officer, this is a legal license. He goes, well, why isn't there an address on it? Where's your address on your passport? Where's your address? I said, officer, there's never addresses on passports. I said it very kindly, but mm-hmm. this guy didn't even know you don't have an address on a passport. Pat, if anyone's got a passport, you don't, have, you don't put your home address on it. But he was going off on my ex saying like, you know, he shouldn't be on the road. And I said, listen, this is legal. I'm American. We're just going to the airport. You know, we just met here. We're just driving right through. And I calmed him down. I do think police officers need to be calmed down. Sometimes you need to de-escalate the situation. And I simply said, listen, I just put a little honey on that fly. You know Should what that I mean? be your responsibility? But it, sometimes it has to be. Here's a white officer going off on a white man and a black woman calmed him down. And yeah, I but your, sure your husband was driving. but your husband was foreign, so I don't know if that necessarily. But he was white as hell yeah. as foreign, though. Here's the white man. This is mm-hmm. what I'm saying: is that this cop did have a thing against a foreigner, but it wasn't a racially motivated, color motivated type anger. It was probably just he didn't understand a passport. The cop was ignorant. He didn't understand the foreign ID, even though it was perfectly legal to drive with. And it wasn't until I explained it to him calmly and matter of factly, you know, that this is okay, that he finally let off and we got off without a ticket. And I guess we were kind of speeding and whatnot. But this is something that it had my, had I been driving, you might've said, oh, the cop took an attitude with you because you're black, but you can't tell. There's such small things. It's easy to say, Oh, if I had been black in this situation, I would have been on the ground. You don't know that. The media will tell you that, but we don't know in each one of these things. It could just be that there are unfair police officers out there that, yes, need training. I do believe in police reform, but there are more good police officers than bad. Not every crime is racially motivated. And we need to separate the the anger and and the situation from the exact what's actually happening. I think if you assume everything's racially motivated, it will be. If you assume it's not, then you can be a little more sane. After you listen to today's podcast, here's one to add to your playlist. I'm Christian O'Connell, and I've had this thought for a while. What if you took the world's funniest and most interesting people and asked them to share the stories behind their three most treasured items? When you said the idea, I thought, that's a really good idea. No doubt about it, the guitar. I think I know the the same chords now as I did when I was 14. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) From iHeartRadio, this is The Stuff of Legends. Add it to your playlist for free. Just search for Stuff of Legends in your podcast app. 
I'm Dr. Wendy Walsh, host of the podcast, Mating Matters. I believe nearly every human behavior is motivated by a desire for love, sex, or to hedge your reproductive odds. I think women have this ability to plant these mental bombs into a man's mind. But the thing about humor is that the value of humor, it goes up. We're wired to reproduce. To them, it was a super female. It was a giant female. And they were lured into, um, into trying to mate with it. The science of love is fascinating. It's a bizarre form of biohacking, really. If you have the 7 or plus gene, you are more likely to be involved in an affair, yes. That's where some of the research gets really intriguing. There's so many ways to be a human. But I must say, sex between three people can get complicated. In a nutshell, the Kinsey scale looked at two things, sexual fantasies and actual sexual behavior. Listen to Mating Matters on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Any experiences of your own, Wayne? Do you always, do you feel safe for the the majority? Do you feel safe when you see police officers or you get pulled over? I do. I I mean, I I mean, the last time, the last time that I was pulled over was maybe about 12 or 13 years ago. I mean, and I drive. You're a better driver than me then. (laughs) Well, no, 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 not really. (laughs) But I just drive smart. I just, (laughs) you know, if, if I see somebody speeding, I'm speeding along with them, but. If I, but I also look down the highway and if I see some, if I see red brake lights, you can best believe they didn't see something ahead that I don't know nothing about. And okay. But, um, mm-hmm. no, I mean, for me, and I've said this before, I drove from Baltimore to Ohio to the GOP convention in 2016. I saw cops pull people over. They didn't pull me over once. I drove back from Ohio to Baltimore. To Baltimore. They didn't pull me over once, but then there's that narrative that police are out here hunting black people. That I mean, that's 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 crazy to me. That I mean, that's crazy right. to hear that, you know. And I can't mm-hmm. subscribe to that thinking. And then I get labeled an Oreo, or that I'm trying to uh, 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 make uh, or trying to get likes and retweets because I post that. I'm not afraid of the police. I, if I see one in the Seven Eleven, I walk up to him. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for the um, thanks for the hard work that you do and everything. I teach my kids to be respectful, and I'm going to be respectful. So, so I don't. I mean, I don't yeah. So then let's let's yes. concede for our purposes for the conversation here that that yes, maybe there are some people who believe that they see racism. I'm, I'm just. I'm just doing this for the sake of argument, not giving my opinion. But maybe there are some people who see racism where it doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. and I don't want to use the phrase blow it out of proportion, but I'm not smart enough to come up with a better one. So and 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 conflate certain situations as being racist when perhaps they are not. Um but it does sound a lot like just to me right here on this episode here, it sounds like I'm hearing both of you try to make an argument that Racism doesn't really exist in the United States. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Give me examples of where you think racism does. I started off saying racism does. So, what are the examples? Where are the examples of where where it does happen and where we need to root it out? Where are the areas that it needs to be rooted out? Look, look, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in um, in in various places in the community. 
where where I look at a whole lot more struggling uh, situations, just businesses and different things like that, the equality um, with that, where um, and 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 not even in businesses. I've seen it happen in the cons- on the conservative side, where yeah, I, yeah, I said it, where um, Say it. you see conferences <laughs> and uh, a whole lot of yeah. Yeah, a whole lot of white people um, on the conservative side will look out for their friends real quick. Um, and I've been doing this for a while. I mean, you know, I you look at, and I don't really know if it's just racism by itself. It could be prejudice, but uh, it it sure feels bad when you're on that side where you see people getting taken care of of another color, but then you have to do your own thing. You have to make it without mm. really any help, you know? Mm. And then it's like, I might not be following you who who's getting help because of their color, but not, and you have to make it on your own. It, well, it I mean, uh, for me. a lot, a, a lot of these organizations. Okay. Okay. You know what? Take, take my website um, uh-huh. as an example. Uh, there are a lot of conservative websites out there. Top notch. Okay. Uh, when you hear, hey, uh, these are the top 20, top 30 websites out there. My website brings in, yeah, I'm, I'm going to push it, uh, three to five million <laughs> paid okay. views. <laughs> push it. Go for it. Three, to five, paid, three to five wildly million successful. paid views a month. And right. it, yeah, it is black owned, but you know, I don't just pump that out there like that. I, it's just conservative leaning website. When you put my numbers up against the top conservative websites, we're in the top fifteen. Uh-huh. In in some, we're in the top fifteen. But you don't hear anything about it. You, the other ones don't want to connect with us. Mm. They don't want to. Um, they don't want to uh, add our name to their um, blog role. They don't want to say anything about what we're doing. And right. you know if. If I said something, and Joy would probably back me up, if I said something publicly about this, the first thing that I would get on my side is we shouldn't be infighting. We need to... Uh, oh, I know. You know, we should uh, uh, just try to work together. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm trying to tell y'all what's happening to me. Right. And, and y'all just want to sweep it under the table. Right. That's do you think the that thing. people are, do you think that there are are African Americans and Latin uh, people of color in the United States who feel the same way, even if they're on the left, who feel like maybe the the positions that they are protesting for right now that they've been getting a similar response um, yeah. for the past thirty years or more since nineteen sixty eight. I would I would say I would probably say yeah. There is a there's still a silent moderate majority out there because again joy joy might agree with this one you know you do have far left and far right but yeah. you do have a lot of people in the middle that that for some reason just won't pull their voices together and become one um, right. but but they're really silent they're really silent and they're tired of seeing what's going on between the radical left and radical right. Right, right. Joy, where's racism? Where do you see it? I'll tell you, it's 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 in the lack of. Well, if we're talking, going to talk conservative in the conservative party, it's in the lack of acknowledgement that being mm-hmm. a black conservative is a big deal. 
It's yes. we are a minority amongst our own people, even yep. though there are many Black Americans who actually think conservatively and act yeah. conservatively. Yeah. They still vote Democrat. They still yep. they still will call themselves a Democrat. Although if you talk to them, they want to pay less taxes. They're some of the fastest owning uh, business mm-hmm. owners. Gun, gun owners are black Americans. Black women mm. are some of the fastest group that is um, becoming more gun owners and starting businesses specifically. So and they're, they, they have very much conservative values, especially when they like make a lot of money. They're usually pro-life. They usually go to church. Right. They're pro-religion. So it's like a very conservative community. But yet so, they keep... So I, I want to finish this and say, yeah, yeah. but what they do... so is they vote Democrat. So being an out conservative and being black, we get tremendous amounts of hate. Wayne and I get called tremendous amounts of names uh, by our own people and by other people who just don't understand or want to hear it. So when I say something, if I, like I did this, I exemplified another black female conservative. And I remember posting her and I was like, my black conservative sister is so good to be a black conservative woman. There was a tweet. And just off chance, I'm just, there's no problem. If I was on the left saying, oh, a black liberal sister, everyone would applaud girl power, black is beautiful, black girl magic. That's what I love about the left. There is a more of acceptance movement for darker skin, for loving our color, for embracing a black culture. I think that's beautiful. But on the right, it's, I get a lot of, why do you have to say you're a woman? Why can't you just say you're an American? Why do you have to say you're black? Why can't you just say you're proud, conservative? And I'm like, yep. because it's actually a big deal and I'm proud yep. of it. And just because I mentioned, and I am strongly pro-black, doesn't mean I'm anti-white. And a lot of you white conservatives are still uncomfortable with the fact of being an out-proud black conservative. And that's not okay. It's a smaller portion, but it's not okay. Yeah. Let me add this too, Clay. Um, I think black lives matter. Absolutely. So do I. Black lives, to me, matter. You know, but when I pose that question on my timeline to many of my white conservative friends, my white conservative friends would be like, I can't go along with that because the organization is taking it. I said, well, well, wait a minute. I'm not talking about the organization, but they can't break down those three words that come from the heart with an organization. So, so so it. So it makes them look racist. Even it does. if they do support it's ignorance. Black it's ignorance. It's, it's a big ignorance right. in yeah. a lot. And that's what makes our movement look bad. Listen, it does. Look, a smaller portion. Most, yep. uh, I've had more love and acceptance in the conservative community than any other community. I, w- I want to really say that. Being black, yeah. being woman, being Latino, regardless of that, I've had so much love and support. Um, and I don't think that there's an avowed racism within it, but there is ignorance. It, they look dumb at saying right. these things. They look so. Then stupid. let me ask. <laughs> let me ask this because one of the other questions I wanted to get to, Joy, I've heard you you spoke about this last time you joined us, mm. was an, an argument that I think you've both made in the past. Doesn't mm. matter if I agree with it or not. That's not the point. You can have your opinion, um, but that. You've both made the argument that the Republican policies, in some ways, do line up with certain aspects that that the black community would agree with. You're right. Perhaps mm-hmm. pro-life, more religious, um, mm-hmm. uh, more self-empowerment, um, uh, mm-hmm. business-minded policies. Mm-hmm. But I've asked in the past, why has the Republican Party not been able to... to gather those folks 
to to their cause, to the Republican cause, to the conservative cause. And I don't know that I've ever gotten a clear answer on that, but I feel like you just gave it to me. Like, is it not arguable that that until the conservative movement, until the Republican Party, perhaps, is able to make black voters feel welcome Mm. and able to be proud of being black and being conservative, that perhaps they won't be able to get their votes? Well, I'll tell you, it's a two-pronged problem. Absolutely, it's that. As I go to CPAC, I go to many of these events. I have spoken at several of these, but some of them, they don't. They don't ask me to speak. And I look at these, these catalogs and I say, okay, if Deneen Borelli is there, awesome. She's a strong black conservative, but often she's not always on there. And I see her at these events, but I will see, you know, many white conservatives speaking up there. And I will see very few, if any black conservatives. And there are so many amazing ones. Like Wayne should be at all of these things should be Wayne. Larry Elder, Deneen Borelli, you know, if you want to throw a millennium out, millennial out there, put me up there. But it's the same set. And this, it is political. And I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about the politicking, you know, where mm-hmm. people are, you know, they're in those groups. And I want to see more LGBT because I know a ton of LGBT conservatives. I want to see more black conservatives, more Latino conservatives. If we want to secure the vote in 2024, these groups, we cannot just tell them they are brainwashed. They're uneducated. We need to reach out to them and get into these groups and bring our representatives like Wayne, like myself, other black conservatives, Angela Statton. There's tons of them. Stacy on the right, Stacy Dash. But how do you do that? But how do you do how do we solve the well, but but how do we solve the larger problem of of people feeling they're persecuted outside of politics. We're not talking about, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a political thing specifically Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the conservative, with CPAC, but there are people in this country who believe that they are discriminated against by the police who um, Mm -hmm. feel that they have been systemically discriminated against in housing and educational opportunities, et cetera, but who, who are convinced that there's that the answer is that, conservatives are not willing to listen to them i guess i guess what i'm That's hearing exactly is if it's hard do it though we if it's hard to listen if black. we can't but if we can't get folks to feel that the if we can't get folks to feel that the they're safe in their communities that they're safe around police officers if we cannot acknowledge that these concerns they have have validity to them then i don't know that it will matter how many well, you're Black right. Speakers, are, we there can't, are, but right? that's, that's why I started this off judging the conservative community for disqualifying racism by pretending like it doesn't exist. You're absolutely right, Clay. We have to acknowledge that there's pain out there. We don't have to victimize people. We have to say you were a victim, but where victimization exists, we have to acknowledge that and say, yeah, but here's the deal. You can get out of it. You can be the next Michael Jordan. You can be the next, you know, uh, star out there. You don't have to stay victimized. You can still rise. We used to sell the American dream to people and black and white Americans grabbed a hold of that and achieved it. And now I don't want us to go backwards and say, I don't, I want us to acknowledge the suffering, but not say, and so you shall suffer evermore. I don't want to pigeonhole black Americans to say, and this is why you're poor. I want to say, yeah, these circumstances may have contributed to your poverty, but you can fight and get out of it. 
And we can only change that by changing the culture, by putting more conservative speakers within the community who are powerful and who will talk and will say these things, and by not latching on to only a few black conservatives to be these spokesmodels for everyone. That's the problem. There's so and many things. And, and, and no yeah. one talks about this in the black community of conservatives because we, we're afraid of offending other conservatives. But this needs to be talked about. There needs to be more diversity in the conservative party as far as the events go, as far as the publication, I, w- I don't want to see another flyer where it's only one color, unless that's an event specifically designed. Does the Republican for that. Party have? Does the Republican Party have an identity politics problem? Yes, Pro- probably. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. I think and so. Explain that way. And, it does, and the reason why is because they've been trying what to is mirror it? the other mm-hmm. side. It's a good question. They don't have a. I mean, the people that are in charge right now, or the people that have been in charge. They don't have a message. And well, I mean, look, look at the Congress. Can I take you back to where you said mirror the other side? I want to I want to make sure that I didn't miss that. What is that? What do you mean by that, that they're trying to mirror the other side? Well, for I and Joy talked about it before. And many of you probably heard before for the last 60 years. Uh, and if you go into the black community, the, the first thing that they tell you about the Republican Party is that they're racist. They don't like <laughs> black people. Okay, but I mean, what is the Republican I mean, Party doing to mirror the other side? Well, if you look at the Republican Party today, then they're like, well, uh, the Democrat Party takes the black um, vote for granted. They don't care about y'all. Y'all are just a statistic. statistic to, so you hear a whole lot of the, the, the new young leaders, so-called leaders, saying that instead of, pushing what conservatism really means. Yes. Or, so I don't yes. want to put words. I don't, the last thing I want to do is put words in your mouth, but I just want to, and, and if, if I'm saying this wrong, tell me I'm saying it wrong and I will, but I want to, I, I'm trying to break it down. It sounds to me, forgive me. It sounds to me like there is a, a, there are people who would say that the Democrat party has an identity politics problem. There are people on my side of the mm-hmm. aisle, who at times might claim that the uh, Repu- the Democrat Party spends too much energy working t- to appeal to minority voters, to gay voters, mm-hmm. to to women voters, is mm-hmm. the mirror to that that you're talking about? That it, am I wrong in parsing your words <laughs> to say that it may feel like the Republican Party is doing too much to be the party of white males? Oh no, okay. I don't think that's not right. The white no, males. No. No, I'm They're saying. Trying to be, yeah, yeah please correct me because that's the way. I, that's the way. It, I'm it, saying that the Republican Party doesn't know how. I mean, it's been a long time since the Republican Party has fought back, and they don't know that's how. It. To fight. That's it. That's it. Yes. And all they see now is uh, they've seen what the Democrat Party has been able to do, and they are trying to mirror the Democrat Party fight. They don't know how to fight, but they're trying to mirror. The fight. So, like, like I've said, you see both sides fighting for the black vote. Um, the Democrats are saying Republicans are racist, and then now you see Republicans saying, "Well, Democrats don't care nothing about you." Right. And, you know, it's 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 it. The way that they're fighting now is not winning anything. 
is this is the problem. No one's giving a solution. You're right. right. There you yes. Conservatives so what is need it? to so say, let's give it now. Can you guys give it? Say, this is the solution. If you are a black American listening to this and you are fed up with politics and the drama, then walk away from a whole party system and look at what both is, of them, right? What, what, both of them don't, don't say, cause I was an independent voter for years and I voted for Obama. It, this is the first time I'm a registered Republican because of Trump. So this is what I had to go through my change. But if you are a black voter, don't even try to identify as one or the other party. Register as an independent. Don't let either party own you. You are not a slave. You are not a person that needs to be owned by any party. You are not a tool. Distance yourself from being a political tool. And then the next step is educate yourself on the policies that each party is pushing towards you. Taxes. How do you feel about taxes? Look at what the left is saying. Look at what the right is saying. How can you business? Are you a small business owner? Look at your individual rights as a person and what you hope to achieve. Are you a black gay person? Who's fighting more for your rights? Are you a black business owner? Who's fighting more for your rights? Are you a black person who, I mean, that's, that's the thing. We are not one huge, I got to say this. We are not a huge, uh, we're not the same. You can't say black people all think the same. That's the problem is both groups are claiming to know the minds of black uh, people and not saying what about black individuals wayne is different from me i am different from the next black person right. and we are right. we are not a collective um you know homogenous group stop, we're stop individual voters us. stop telling us what we think exactly okay? stop, Both parties. stop telling us Both what's, parties. what's 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 so but then but let me ask and that and that goes out to both parties stop telling us what's best for us and tell and 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 show us what you can right. do. For us well, let me ask this. Let me ask this, because I think a lot of people in this country have, I mean, are, we're all multidimensional. And I have said several times that there are things that my party advocates for that I'm not really big on, you know. But, mm-hmm. but for me, um, there are a few issues that are on the top of my priority list, we prioritize what's important to us, right? And so if you are a, if you are a voter who prioritizes lower taxes and less government, and that is your priority, you're probably going to gravitate towards the conservatives. If you are a voter who, who prioritizes, um, gun rights and second amendment rights and the uh, the right to own a weapon mm-hmm. you're probably going to vote for the conservatives abortion if you're pro choice you're likely if that's your priority you're likely going to vote for democrats but i guess what i'm what i'm hearing here is that the conservative argument is for pro business or whatever those reasons are and i and i guess what i'm asking is for those black and minority americans for whom the number one issue is civil rights and mm-hmm. feeling that I'm not don't need to be afraid of, of police officers. If my number one issue is equality and racial equity and civil rights, it doesn't sound like oh, no. the let Republicans are making an argument for no. those voters. If, listen, let me tell you, one thing is a name only. I was a liberal voter. And I, I am all for all of that, civil liberties, uh, civil rights for black Americans, uh, discriminate, less discrimination, the right for us to, to achieve uh, the American dream, no matter our skin tone and our color. And I'll tell you, I thought I was on the left, was getting all those things, but it is a name only, a hashtag, 
this a march a protest but what is the republican party doing to appeal to those voters for whom that is the number one issue right now wait 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 wait. let me just say i don't know what the republican party is doing to do it but let me tell you why i vote conservative And, and i am a voter that because the right to bear arms is the great equalizer. There's nothing. Right, more well, that's your number one issue. You have a man, that's, that is an issue that if you give a black man a gun, it equalizes things, a legal gun and you sh- and you let him shoot. Education is a huge thing. And also another issue is I'm pro-life. I'm also <laughs> pro-religious freedom. <laughs> I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm trying. No, I'm not trying to be unbiased. No, no, but I have no, to listen, say, listen, you give listen, a black listen. man a gun and most people here who are, are who most people who are, a lot of people who are listening are going to say, if you give a black man a gun, the cops are going to shoot him. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, it depends. But listen, also these numbers are inflated. You give a black man a gun legally where he can arm himself, you go to a place where it's actually okay to practice your Second Amendment right, and they are not going to shoot you. If right, you well, are so, so, but that's that kind of feeds feeds my point, which was if step in a Second Amendment. Here. I want to get you in here, Wayne, but but if Second Amendment is your biggest issue, if that is a issue, and I know it is a big issue for you, Joy, and that's that's you know Thank right, you. that's your position. <laughs> so so that's fine. Then that's then naturally that's you're probably going to gravitate issue, towards. Though. But you're naturally going to gravitate towards the Republican Party. But if gun ish- gun rights are not important to you, and if the number one thing of importance to you is uh, is racial equality, then what is the conservative? Then the par- Second the Republican Amendment Party? should be part of that because that's an equalizer. Well, I, wanna get, I want Wayne you. to be able to answer this. <laughs> Let's let Wayne answer this because he's been trying to get into. So, what do you think the Republican Party is doing, Wayne? To and 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 we can bring President in here if you want. If you want to, your choice. What are they doing to specifically attract the voter whose number one issue is civil rights? Nothing. That's what I've been trying to say is that Republican Party, they don't have a message for it. Okay? The people at the top don't have a message. The GOP, they don't have a message for it. They're raising all the money. They're doing all these particular things, but they haven't for the last four years, they haven't done anything within the community, uh, um, within the black community. And I and I hate the word black community, but that's the only one. That's the only thing I can use right now. Uh, they haven't gone into the black community. I mean, they've been raising buku record numbers of dollars, but they aren't. Tr- but they aren't fixing the outreach. And and it's almost at four years. And like I started off the show with saying that President Trump went into the neighborhood in Detroit. President Trump talks to uh, mm-hmm. um, black voters or has them at the White House, whoever whoever wants to show up. But black voters need to have uh, a way of a way to be informed. Um, I was listening to, to an interview the other day, and so I was like, "Well, black people only vote for Democrats." Well, that's uh, you don't have a whole lot of Republicans that are in those neighborhoods that are running and and if they are they aren't well known you know they aren't going around and they aren't getting a whole lot of help and whatnot so to to make an informed decision to make your life better you have to hear both sides mm-hmm. and until the gop d- develops a new template a new uh b- a blueprint of how to work these things and say you know what we are going into the larger cities we're going into the burbs. We're going to try to make an effort. Then minority voters who have been tired of the rat race. I'm not even a registered Republican. I'm an independent mm. conservative. 
I can't sign on with the Republican Party because I don't agree with the direction that they're doing. I now mm. I do vote Republican, but I can't go with anything of, of the direction because they aren't mm. even trying to fix their their ills of the last few decades. When they start mm. doing that, okay, then they then they can get my money. But the only thing I can do right now is use mm. my social media platform. And and tell people or try to get people both sides. Now, yes, I do lean conservative, but I call out these these stupid politicians. And let me say one thing that I tried to say earlier. If you are pushing to win the black vote, you got to have more people in Congress than just one black guy on your side. <laughs> and true. Jim Scott being the only black man. On the Republican side, how can you go into the black neighborhood? Yeah, we're for you, and we're gonna. You ain't got nobody in Congress but one black person. I listen. I think that can. I'm gonna let that be the last word for this round. Um, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's a strong point. I want to move on. And listen, I could talk to you two about this for, for I know. hours, I and it's and I, if we don't agree, but I'm but but I'm I respectful disagreement. I think is. Think. Is is great, and that's what we're trying to do here. Um, with with how the heck are we going to get along to to have disagreements <laughs> and actually not scream at each other, but talk about right. them. Um, that's I do want to move on to our quick fire round. Um, our quick fire round, we call it. Never ends up being <laughs> never ends up being quick, but I'll say it one more time. Our quick fire round. We take questions from the audience. Um, we ask them to pose them uh, to our guests every week. You can do so by uh, sending your questions into us at Politicon on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, at Politicon, or you can email them to podcast at Politicon.com. Um, I'm going to go from, take this one from Aaron in Brooklyn, and we'll give it to Joy. Aaron mm. in Brooklyn asks, will there ever be racial equality? I think there will be once we stop focusing on race and focus on humanity. Wow, she took quick to heart. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> you got it, baby. <laughs> Wayne, let's, let's give you a similar question. Jess from Grand Rapids asks, do you see the national tone ever softening? Man, I wish. Um, <laughs> man, I wish. <laughs> I don't, that I don't sounds, know. That sounds like a no. Not anytime okay. soon. Okay. Not okay, anytime well, soon, because you know what? There's a lot of money in this division. Yeah. I know. There's that's that's depressing, but I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, Joy, Kimmy from New Orleans. This is an interesting question for you. Kimmy from New Orleans asks, "Why can't conservatives get a foothold in the pop culture?" Ooh. Well, w one is because most people running pop culture are Democrats, and we know that this division is making a lot of money. And two, that a lot of conservatives are in pop culture because they're taught to reject it. I am here to stop both of those things. Let me ask you, since you're doing so great with the quick part, let me add, let me add on a question to this. Why do you think that more people in pop culture are liberal? Well, it's been planned that way since the 1960s. It's been more pushed towards, you know, uh, being liberal ideas. It's pushed more and more left, more artists, free-thinking poets, and freestyle you know, it sort of leaned more left traditionally, and also because republicanism has not outreached to artists. They were burning rap CDs in the 80s. So who wanted to be a Republican back then? You know, if you were an artist, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to if I was alive back then. Uh, so it's, it's a two-prong approach. One is the Democrats have been more, yeah, go ahead, be artistic. They've done systematic outreach for the last 40, 50 years. 
and Republicans need to do it. We need to stop looking at, you know, you need to wear pearls and clutch a Bible to be considered a conservative. No, you can have tattoos and be a wild, crazy black Latina like me who just doesn't give a fuck. And be conservative. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, Wayne, uh, Erica from Los Angeles asks Should protesters and rally goers be contact traced? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> you know what? It don't matter anymore. I mean, I know. These, these people don't care. They don't care. No. I mean, and the numbers are going up, and um, unless they're on a sick bed, and if you do go to the hospital, don't get on those ventilators because that's it. That you know, that's it for you. But um, you know, <laughs> no, 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 man. I mean, once the con- once it starts out as, as contact trace, and then the next thing they're putting a little rice uh, pellet in your wrist to find out where you're going. So uh, no. okay, you went over the edge for me there. Come on now, um, <laughs> Joy. Let me, Joy. Let me ask you. Sarah from Houston asked. Let Sarah ask you. I'm sorry. Is the problem the police, the laws they enforce, or that government that creates them? The problem is, well... I mean, I'm going to read it again because I messed government. it up. Yeah, go ahead. Say is, it. is the problem the police, the laws they enforce, or the government that creates them? It's the government that creates them. Too much government mm-hmm. power equals too much over complication. And I think less government is better. And the more citizens stand up, take charge, and vote people in and run for office that they want to see the change, the, the better we will be. Okay. Last one for, uh, for, you, for you, Wayne. Tyler from D.C. asks, if Trump wants to court African Americans, why couldn't he hold a rally on Juneteenth? That's a, that's a damn good question. Um, do you think he moved it out of respect or removed it for, for other, because of, because of the pressure that he was under from oh, people who were Oh, did he actually move it? Yeah, it was yeah. scheduled for, yeah, for tomorrow, it. for Friday yeah, the 19th, yeah. um, and he's moved it I to think, the 20th. I think hmm. it's both of those, Clay. I, I think it's out of respect, but I also think that uh, he listened to his people and optics would have been bad, too. Mm. Um, and I don't think that he wanted to um, anger anybody, which speaks to which speaks to um, his compassion. You know, he because. But I guess what Tyler is asking, and I don't know Tyler from Washington D.C., but I'm going right, to right. imply that his question is: If Trump wants to court African Americans, why couldn't he hold a rally on Juneteenth? Would he have perhaps been? better off to use that as an opportunity to court African-Americans to hold it on Juneteenth and to discuss Juneteenth and I its think significance. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I honestly, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it would have been a great time for him to do it. Uh, but knowing, but knowing the president, he, he would have needed to read from a script. You know, <laughs> listen, everyone, room for everyone to improve. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Joy, tell us where we can find you. You're still um, contributing on Fox, I imagine. Um, yes. what else can we, where else can we I'm, find you? I'm everywhere. I actually just have a new op-ed I wrote for WayneDupree.com. Oh, that's right. yes. A double plug there. That's right. All about uh, We Need Voices Over Violence. Voice Over Violence also happens to be the title of my new song coming out in two ah. weeks. 
Oh, as, good two weeks. Well, you yes. may, we'll have to we'll have to tag you um, in our uh, in our social media at Politicon as well. I so, would um, love that. And so you can tell find us me what it's called Joy, again. Voice over violence, and okay. you can find me at joyvilla.com. Find me at joyvilla music on Facebook, joyvilla on Instagram, joy underscore villa on Twitter. And again, stay tuned for my new book coming out as well soon. But my new song will be out first. Voice over violence, and find my new op-ed at waynedupree.com. Well, we will go to Wayne Dupree to hear to read that and to see more of Wayne. Tell us what else we can look forward to from you, Wayne. Clay, you can write an op-ed, and I would be glad no! to put it on. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a great writer. Put, <laughs> I'm just a talker. <laughs> you just be well, sassy I, as I hell. Mean, yeah. I love to hear and love to promote different voices. So, but um, you can find me on Institute Google Face. Just type in Wayne Dupree Show. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, you can check out my podcast, Wayne Dupree show on all of the podcast platforms. And I mean, honestly, I really do love what Politicon is doing with these podcasts. And Clay, let me tell you something. We do agree on a lot of a lot more stuff than what uh, than what you think. Uh, I think in just, general, most of us agree on a lot yeah. more than we're willing to admit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know sometimes. what? And I, and I also said. And I ended well. I end myself with this. Uh, I also said we, a lot of us, can really get along. We can all really in this country. We don't have no problem getting along. It's just the bad apples that just want to upset the apple cart. That don't. Well, we want have to us want to. to. We have to right. want to get along first. That's yep. step one. And I appreciate both of you for wanting to get along enough to come and talk to us this evening. Um, and oh, yeah. for those of you who are listening, uh, please remember to subscribe. Um, not just subscribe to us, subscribe to Wayne Dupree Show also, um, but uh, subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it. Apparently, apparently these tech technology things that i don't really understand it helps if you actually write a review make sure it's yes, nice please. say i sound please. very masculine and um <laughs> and subscribe and come back and see us um or listen to us next week um you can uh find us right here in the same place um with more people who actually want to get along so thank you joy thank you wayne and thank you guys yes. for listening um we'll be back next week uh to try to figure out how the heck are we going to get along see ya After you listen to today's podcast, here's one to add to your playlist. I'm Christian O'Connell, and I've had this thought for a while. What if you took the world's funniest and most interesting people... Hello, I'm Ricky Gervais. I'm Celeste Barber. Some people call me Beyonce. I'm Russell Brand. ...and asked them to share the stories behind their three most treasured items. No doubt about it, the guitar. I think I know the same chords now as I did when I was 14. From iHeartRadio, this is The Stuff of Legends. Add it to your playlist for free. Just search for Stuff of Legends in your podcast app. 13 Days of Halloween. A remote hotel, the most unusual guests, a tour guide that can't be trusted. And the newest arrival is you. Why are you here again? They sound like someone you trust. I know. Starring Keegan-Michael Key as the caretaker. Please make yourself at home. After all, this is it. One story each night, starting October 19th and ending on Halloween. From iHeartRadio and Blumhouse Television, listen to Aaron Mankey's 13 Days of Halloween on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.